from round the corner to your street and neighbourhood. This is Pablo for breakfast. Tens of thousands of Aussie kids are failing to meet minimum literacy and numeracy results, sparking calls for a system-wide overhaul. Now, world-leading education expert and now professor of education at the Southern Cross University, Parsi Salberg, uh, joins us today. Uh, Parsi, we're spending 300, this this just blew my mind, uh, $319 billion for this plan, this education plan. It's clearly not working. Uh, where have we gone wrong the last couple of years? Yeah, good morning, Pablo. Uh, thanks for having me in your, in your program. It's, it's not only uh, the last couple of years that we have been basically following the wrong path. It's been it's been going wrong here since uh, at least 10, 15 years. So I, I think we really need to ask this question, What, uh, where did we actually start to, to, to go wrong? I, I think one thing really is that Australia, more than many other countries, uh, certainly most wealthier countries, has been having kind of a belief that if we run education as we run business or marketplace, things will get better. And, and mm. this has been this has been realized in other countries a long time ago, including England and the United States. And I think I think this kind of a market mentality that parents uh, parents can <clears throat> choose the school that they think is best for their kids. And, uh, you know, some some parents can do that and find the world class school for their kids here in Australia. But many or most don't. And uh, that's a, that, that, that that's something that has led into this very unfortunate situation in Australia that is behind this all these uh, difficulties that you mentioned is that we have one of one of the most unequal education systems in the world, which which basically means that that some some kids are doing really well, but then we have a growing number of students who are not, and that's something we need need to need to fix. Well, we clearly got the resources right. We're we're throwing a heap of money at this, but it doesn't seem to be making much of an impact. So where, where is that money being spent, you think, that's just clearly uh, a waste of cash or could be re- re-diverted to something else? Yeah, well, you know, the, the, in money, money-wise, money we Australia is spending about the same as uh, the OECD countries, the wealthiest uh, countries in the world on average. Uh, so it's not unusual level of spending okay. here. So it's, it's, it's probably uh, wrong to claim that Australia is spending huge amounts of money compared to others. I think we are there somewhere there in average. I think, Pablo, the, the more important question is that how this money is spent. And that's why, you know, I, when I mentioned earlier that uh, Australian education is run pretty much like uh, we, we run private enterprises or businesses, but nobody runs uh, private companies like we run education. If anybody would do that, we would be bankrupt in, in a minute. <laughs> so that's why, you know, we, we are spending a lot of money, a lot of resources on things that don't really make much uh, difference from the point of view of children's learning or what the, what the teachers are, are doing. We have very uh, kind of an administration heavy system or systems, uh, including WA and all the other states and territories here. Uh, and then we are, we are kind of a, uh, lazy to spend enough money for those things that would really make a difference in the uh, in the classrooms. For example, you know, helping those kids uh, that really uh, need help and support more than more than others. We we still have a system here in Australia that uh, I cannot really find in many other countries where the most of the public schools, uh, probably all of them, are underfunded according mm-hmm. to the standard that has been set for them. Uh, and at the same time, they are educating 85 to 90 percent of the our First Nations kids and and children with the, uh, the all kinds of disadvantages. So, so you know, this means that we, that, you know, the money often goes in this country when it when it's about education to places where there already is enough money and mm-hmm. and 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 those, those schools and communities where they would need 
more to do what they need to do. Uh, they are kind of a short of cash. Now, over the last couple of years, you've delved deep. You've written a few books uh, on education. And, and one that sort of stood out to me, uh, you spoke about uh, letting children play and how more play will save our schools and help our children thrive. Is, is that something that should be maybe instilled a little bit more in our kids' education? Uh, absolutely. And, and not only in a, in a primary or early childhood education, I think all Australian children's schools would benefit from more play. You know, we were talking about money earlier and, uh, you know, play is a kind, of, a kind of a nice thing in a way. It doesn't cost any money. It's just uh, yeah. let the kids' uh, children play. That's why we call this book, Let, let the Children Play, because you can, you can just uh, uh, let them do it. There's a lot of research showing that uh, play benefits uh, not only... Uh, well-being and health and physical fitness of kids, but also the academic performance. And I'm here. I came here four years ago to Australia with my family, two primary school age uh, children, uh, and they both have significantly less time to play in school and out of school here in Australia compared to what they did in back home mm. in Finland. Of course, Finland here is not the kind of a recipe for success, but it's a kind of a good, good uh, place to consider whether we could benefit uh, from, you know having a school days, uh, especially in primary, primary education, where kids have more time to play and feel well and, you know, do things with the, uh, uh, with one another and then learn better. It's so interesting because we treat these things as such separate entities, right? Um, and I know that you've spoken a lot about how important kids' wellness is, uh, but it's a big overall society thing, right? If, you, if your parents are rushing to drop the kids off at school because they have to go to work and then they don't have time to pick the kids up after, so then the kids go to after-school care and there's stress around paying for things, uh, this all impacts the classroom. I assume. And one of the big things you've spoken about, I know, is how important kids' wellness is to learning. If kids are stressed because of uh, home environments that are stressful, I mean, surely they're just not taking in the information. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, just like you said, Pablo, we are all too busy. Yeah. And the kids, you know, our children, they learn this very quickly, this lifestyle that, you know, they, they, you have to do things. You have to work hard and you have to do a lot of things to be successful. And I think, uh, you know, uh, when I came here as a Finn, uh, one of the first things I, I had in mind when I thought about Australian lifestyle is this kind of a easy, you know, this no worries mentality and everything's <laughs> like easy, easy going and you have your barbie, you go to the beach and play and have these things. But, you know, underneath this, uh, this beautiful idea of uh, what Australia uh, kind of uh, represents and what it looks like is this it's kind of a hardcore work and, and uh, mm. frustration and, and, you know, lack of wellness. And, and I'm, I'm really worried about not only my own children, but many others here, that how, how much how much they can actually take and tolerate this busy, very busy and increasingly busy lifestyle and the expectations that we have uh, on our children. My own study uh, that what we did here in Sydney uh, a few years ago showed that 90%, Pablo, 90% of Australian parents reported us that they think that, they, that our children are pushed to grow up uh, too quickly and too fast. So we are expecting mm. more and more uh, of younger and younger kids, and that's why this play idea is so important. And this, this probably also shows, uh, you know, some of, the, some of these downward results in the schooling that we see. Absolutely. Uh, so if, if you were given the magic wand, Farsi, and said, uh, do three things in our schooling system that would make an improvement, mm. are there any sort of things that you think should be highlighted above the rest? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think the first thing really is to stop following the long, wrong, wrong lead that we have done for, for the last 10, 15 years. I think Australia it has been a little bit like a, uh, like a educational lone wolf in the sense that we think that we, we have a, we know we know how to run education, and many other countries are doing it in a different ways. Then the other one is that we have a really alarming 
situation in this country uh, across the nation really about the teachers that the mm. teaching or as something that young people would uh, would kind of uh, uh, want to do in in in, a, uh, in their lives and i think that that's something that we need to we need to move beyond this uh, obvious uh, immediate solutions in in fixing this teaching uh, teaching profession thing i have some solutions but this program is too short to go to this <laughs> and then finally Pablo, i th i think you know this uh, equity lack of uh, equity or in, uh, prevalent uh, inequality we have in the system is something we need to need to fix we can do that you know that's not rocket science there's a lot of uh, uh, expertise and scholars and research in this country how to make australian education more equitable and equal and unless we do that it's very difficult to expect that the results uh, will be any better in the future now lastly i've got a daughter who's heading into year two this year, and uh, for parents out there listening, this may sound a little bit overwhelming, right? Um, we're pointing out all the things that are, uh, are going wrong and some of these big changes aren't going to happen overnight. Is there anything parents can do in their households and for their kids to help support their learning? Yeah, absolutely. I think the parents definitely at that age in early childhood and in primary school should be very careful in putting high expectations on their mm -hmm. own kids when it comes to kind of academic performance or test scores or anything like this. I think you and uh, and and uh, you know the, the the friends you have when you when you t talk about these uh, things about education in your own own uh, own children's preschools or early childhood or primary school. I, I think this idea of play just you know tolerate this idea that the kids it's uh, all children have been they were designed to play and, mm -hmm. and play something that benefits them probably much more uh, overall in their development than you know early programs of reading or writing or mathematics so just uh, uh, make sure that all the parents around you understand this power of play and importance of play also for the life uh, kind of a lifelong benefits uh, that they have and and you know have these questions of you know what is your grade or what's your test score in this and that a little bit later maybe high school is the right place to do that uh, if, if it's necessary at all but just uh, let your children be children and, and enjoy the childhood and let them play that's my my third advice that's a great message to end on uh Parsi Salberg, uh, appreciate your time this morning thank you very much the feel good start to your day this is pablo for breakfast it's